0: Watching Zach and crew catch groundbreaking proof of the paranormal, inspiring us to explore our own interest in otherworldly phenomena, this is our podcast. We are Paranormal <laughs> hey, hey, everybody. It's me Leah and it's me Bethany and we are the Paranormal Buddhas. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! And we are back uh today to bring you a personal paranormal story. It's a so spooky. Oh, I'm very scared. <laughs> <laughs> but this week we have Isabel Perez who we actually met out at you might guess it. Paranormal, paranormal Fest. <laughs> Fest. <laughs> paranormal Fest is just where we get all of the ju- the goods. I was going to say the juice. <laughs> But Isabel is actually an author, um, and she wrote down her personal experiences in a book called An Evil Among Us. And uh, we definitely encourage everybody to check it out. Here is just a little taste of what she experienced, and we hope that you enjoy.
1: All righty. Hey, 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 everybody. Hey, Isabel, how's it going today? It's going good. Excellent. We are so excited to have you here, Um, again, author of An uh, Evil Among Us, excuse me, um, with some really intense stories. So we want to hand it over to you and uh, let our listeners know about your personal experiences.
2: Um, Well, um, let me begin by saying that um, growing up, I was always intrigued uh, with the supernatural and the paranormal. I grew up reading books like... Uh, stories that must not die, things like that. I used to love hearing people's um, scary stories and stuff. And um, I never really believed in ghosts or anything like that. Um, even now, I, I think I've seen ghosts, but it's just it's just nothing. Something that I never really thought about or really believed in. And I was always that person wanting to be the first one in line when a scary movie would come out at the movies and um, because i just thought it was all entertainment i never thought that those things could come and happen for real um and that's why it was so hard and difficult for us to comprehend what was going on around us because even though we had several little things happening at the very beginning we didn't think it was anything paranormal. I mean, we found ourselves constantly looking at things and thinking, wow, that was weird. Right. Or that was strange. And it, it just never dawned on us that it was anything paranormal. I mean, that was the furthest thing from our minds, you know? And I think that had my sister-in-law not pointed me in that direction, I don't know how long it would have taken us to realize that something just was not right. Um, the very first, I I really can't even pinpoint the very first thing that happened, because like I said, everything to us was just, you know, coincidence or just weird or strange. But I do remember, um, for a two week period, I was waking up sometime in the middle of the night and I had the distinct feeling that somebody was standing at our bedroom door, just staring at me and it gave me the chills and I was, I was afraid. And, um, I was afraid to close my eyes because I didn't know this. whatever was at the door. It wasn't something that I could see, but I could feel it there. I knew that something or somebody was there. I just couldn't see it. And um, I was afraid to close my eyes because I didn't know this thing or person was going to come in and was just waiting for me to fall asleep to harm us. And so eventually I would just fall asleep. And um, after about two weeks, I remember my husband asking me, uh, wanted me to get up early one day. And I, I told him, I, I just can't, I'm, not, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. I, I can't, haven't even slept for like two weeks. And uh, he said, why not? And he said, what's going on? And I said, I don't know. I said, for the past two weeks, I wake up with the feeling that somebody's staring at me at the door. And um, my father had passed away a couple of years before. And so he. Um, I told him, I said, maybe it's my dad. And uh, he said, but how do you feel when when you think somebody's staring at you at the door? And I said, well, I'm, I'm afraid. It scares me. I get the chills. And he said, well, it's probably not your dad, because why would your dad come back to haunt you or scare you? And I thought about it, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. So the very next day, um, my husband and I were getting ready for bed. I had just came out of the, the bathroom. And... Uh, I had closed the door to our bathroom and the door started rattling and shaking real hard, kind of as if somebody was locked in and was desperately trying to come out. And we both just looked at each other. And my husband's like, oh, you left Paco in the, do- uh, Paco in the bathroom. Paco was our, I mean, not Paco, Coco. Uh, Coco was our small shih tzu. And uh, so I went back in the bathroom and looked everywhere. I said, Coco's not in here. And so we went to the kitchen and my son was sitting in the kitchen and we asked him, is Coco with you? And he said, well, she's outside right now. I just let her out, but she's been here with me the whole time. So, and my husband asked my son, so you just let her out the door? And he said, yes, I let her out. So then we're like, Oh, okay. That's what it was. You know, when my son shut the door to the kitchen, it somehow trinkled back to our bedroom door and made it rattle. And so it kind of made me feel better but as I was lying myself there asleep, I was thinking to my I mean, trying to fall asleep, I was thinking to myself, that's not at all what it seemed like. And so I just, you know, kind of shook it off and went to bed. And um, it wasn't until the next day when something happened and it was like, there was no ignoring it. It was um, March 12, 2012. I'll never forget that day. It was the first day of spring break. I was excited because I was supposed to be going down, coming down to Corpus to visit my family for spring break. So I got up and I was, I always do spring cleaning before I take off anywhere. And so I had woken up real early and um, my husband had left to work. My boys were asleep and I was cleaning the kitchen and I started vacuuming the baseboards. And um, as I came around the corner, I ran out of court. So I got up and noticed that my vacuum was kind of like against one of the legs of the kitchen table. And so I just kind of moved it off to the side, picked up the cord and was kind of walking back to my spot and the vacuum didn't move. And so I pulled on it a little bit and it wouldn't move. So I went back and I um, and the, the vacuum moved from where the table was a few feet, maybe about five or six feet backwards. It just rode backwards. And uh, even still, like I, I didn't think anything of it. So I just picked up the cord and I pulled it and it wouldn't move. And so then I started thinking maybe the wheels are locked. So I grabbed the cord with both hands and I pulled on it, like tugged it really hard and it pulled me back. Like it was kinda like I was in a tug of war with the with the vacuum. I, I took two full steps forward and I, I let go of the cord, and I ran to my bedroom, and I sat there thinking, like, what just happened? Like, did something or somebody pull me? Like, the cord, like, and I started freaking out. I started to cry. I called my mom, and I told her what had happened, and she was laughing and laughing, and she's like, it's, you know, it's probably just all in your head. I, what? Like, what happened? And what happened again? And I was like, okay, you know what? Like, I, I ended up hanging up with my mom, and I sat there, and I was like, okay, I'm going crazy. Like, I am losing my mind. All these things have not been coincidences. It's me. I, maybe I'm schizophrenic now or something because I, uh, when my shortly before uh, my dad passed away, one of the, his nurses had told me that she thought he was schizophrenic. And so I thought, it, I have it now. Now I have it. I was so sure that that's what it was. And um, every day, I mean, after that, things just continued um, to happen. And um, when I came down from... For spring break, um, I wanted to tell somebody so badly all the little things that had been happening because even after that, you know, things continued to happen. And um, I was so glad to get away. Um, And I finally, I was having lunch that day with my sister-in-law, and I finally got the courage to tell her what had been happening. I was skeptical because she's a Jehovah's Witness, and I thought, oh, my God, like she's going to think I'm crazy too, you know. And so I finally just told her, and she said, Oh, she said, Well, have you brought anything into your house that you didn't have before? Did you have you bought anything new? Or I was thinking about it and I was like, No. I, and then I thought, Oh, I said, at school, um, a few weeks before, or actually like a month before, um, one of the ladies from my school had gone to Mexico and she brought everybody in our class a gift and she gave me a um antique jewelry box. And uh, I said, "That's, that's the only thing that's new that's coming to my house. And she said, oh, she's like, it's from Mexico. She said, well, you know that sometimes people buy things from places in Mexico that might not be good. You know, sometimes people do things like witchcraft or whatever to get more business. And she's like, that's probably what happened. She's like, she probably picked up something that was, you know, from a bad place. She said, if I were you, I would just get rid of it. So I thought, oh my goodness, I was so relieved because I thought all this time, you know, when now all I have to do is just get rid of it. So I couldn't wait to leave my house, but now I couldn't wait to go back because I was so excited to just go get rid of it and be done with everything. And so when it was time for me to go back, um, you know, I was so excited. My, I had already told my boys and um, they, they were kind of like, yeah, that's all, that's all you need to do, just get rid of it. Everything will be back to normal but it just seemed like the closer i got home to being home i just started getting scared all over again and neither me or my boy said anything the last 30 minutes before we got home i guess they kind of felt a little nervous too and uh it took me about once i got home it took me about an hour to get rid of um the jewelry box because at that point now i was afraid to even touch it and so i just remember grabbing a towel and throwing the towel over it sticking it in the trash can and just left it out on the curb for Monday's trash pickup. And uh, I was a little bit relieved. Um, and then, like I said, Monday rode around and it was gone. And so I thought that was the end of it. But um, just to be on the safe side, you know, I uh, called our priest from the church to come and bless the house. But, um, you know, things just kept happening. Um My son, I remember my son called me at work one day, and he says, Mom, you know, there's paint all over my shirt. And I was like, what do you mean paint all over your shirt? I said, well, maybe when you grabbed the shirt to get dressed this morning, you didn't realize it was dirty. He said, no, Mom. He said, it's wet paint. It's just appearing on my shirt. And I said, Matthew, I don't have time for this. I'm busy. So I hung up the phone with him. He ended up calling me like three more times that more and more paint was appearing on his shirt. And I was like, I, I don't understand, Matthew. And Matthew. Like, what's going on? Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. So he took a picture of his shirt and he had just spots of paint, wet paint all over his shirt. And I, I didn't know what to make of it. I called my husband and told him what was happening. He said, you know what? Tell Matthew that if he doesn't stop, you know, he's going to get in trouble when he gets home. So um, my son called me one more time, and he was completely distraught and says, told me that his whole entire shirt was completely covered in paint, and he wanted me to take him, pick him up. So I ended up leaving work, and I picked him up, and when I saw his shirt, I just couldn't believe it. And I said, Matthew, you didn't do that to yourself? And he said, no, Mom. He's like, it was just appearing. People were laughing at me. He said, my classmates were laughing at me. It was just appearing out of nowhere. He said, I don't even have any paint. He said, my teacher checked my backpack. She checked my desk. She was accusing me of doing that to myself. He said, I don't have, I don't know where this paint came from. And so I said, I, I don't know, Matthew, I don't know what to tell you. So I called the priest again and told him, I actually at that time had pictures and, uh, showed the priest the, the shirt and he came back to bless our house and stuff. And, um uh, uh, and again, you know, I thought, okay, you know, that, that's it until the next morning. And, uh, This, I think, you know, you asked me, you know, to describe what was the most profound or the most uh, scariest thing. Um, I I think for me, the most profound was the vacuum incident, incident, you know, know, getting pulled back because something was obviously on the other end, I just couldn't see it, but it was there. But uh, the shower incident was by far to me the scariest thing that ever happened out of everything that happened to us because um, I was in the shower and uh, I was shampooing my hair But I was—I felt uneasy, and I kept talking to myself, just thinking, like, stop. You know, you're just overreacting. The priest just came. Everything's fine. You know, he was just here. He blessed the house. Stop thinking this way. And uh, so I just tried to block everything that I was feeling out of my head and continued shampooing my hair. And all of a sudden, I'm shampooing my hair, and all of a sudden, I had my eyes closed, and I'm like... Like, I was, like, so scared. My heart was racing so fast, and I thought, I was looking all around, and I thought, oh, my God, like, I, I felt like somebody was in there with me. And uh, I kept looking around, and there was nobody there, nothing there. And I thought, you know, I'm just getting out. Got out, started enjoying myself, was getting dressed, and as I looked up in the shower stall, there was footprints, like two feet, way at the very top of the end of the shower stall because we had glass, glass, a glass shower stall. And I looked up at the, and I thought, oh my God, like there's two feet there. And I thought, what? So I ran and I tried to wake up my younger son and he wouldn't wake up. And so then I ran to my other son's room and I'm like, John, look, 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 come, come tell me what you see. And I never told him what I was seeing. I wanted him to tell me. And he was half asleep, like, Mom, I don't see anything. You're just imagining things. You need to stop this and this whole craziness. And so I thought, okay, fine. And uh, I thought, I just kept looking up because I thought, man, those are feet. And so I, I just tried to snap out of it and went to work. And But as soon as I got home from work, I came running to the bathroom and I would look up and they were the feet were gone. And I thought, hmm. And so... Every day for the past three days, I would turn on the shower and just let it run and just waiting for those feet to come back up and uh, nothing. And so when I was just so dumbfounded by it. And so one day I was just letting the hot water run and um, I started marking on the outside and I thought, there's nothing that's appearing. But then I snapped and I thought, I went to the inside of the shower and I started drawing little figures and it popped up. my my writing popped up and then it just dawned on me like oh my god like those feet that were created something was inside the shower with me above me when I was washing my hair and that's why I was feeling uneasy and that's why I kind of like jumped up like scared because it was right above me kind of weird because it would have to have been right above me but kind of like lying sideways to make those footprints on on the window, on on the shower stall. You know, it was, it was was whatever it was, was able to make those prints with the dew of, um, you know, the steam from the water. And so then I, I realized, oh, my God, like something was with me when I was in the shower. And so that, you know, just knowing that something was right above me and I couldn't see it, but it was there, and it could see me, and it was with me. It just, just freaked me out. Just, I even when now that I think about it, I'm like, oh my god, like something was in the shower with me. You know, that is, uh, that's horrifying. I, I uh,
1: kind of want to ask a question because you mentioned, um, if it really weren't for your sister-in-law mentioning something paranormal to you that you never really would have thought about that. So do you, was there anything I guess before all this happened that could have possibly influenced you into believing that this is paranormal? Do you think anything regarding our culture or religions or additional beliefs that maybe well made it easier uh, to accept this as paranormal?
2: I also grew up, you know, watching scary movies like The Exorcist, and I would always hear stories of possession and things. And I thought to my, I would always think to myself, well, I mean, maybe, maybe things like that do happen. I mean, not to me, but maybe to other people. Um, I don't know. I think, like I said, it never really dawned on us that it was anything paranormal, even though like our culture grew up, you know, hearing stories of possession and um, we had an incident with, when I was younger, growing up with one of my mom's friends that lived with us and um, she was real into witchcraft and, and stuff. And I do mention that whole story in my book. Um, so it's not so much like, I don't really believe in it. I mean, we grew up listening to stories of La Lechusa and La Llorona and things like that. And, um, but... All in reality, I mean, I always just thought all of that was just make-believe, you know. I I don't know that I ever believed that it, maybe I just didn't believe it could ever happen to us. I mean, my husband was in the military. I mean, we were kind of like the all-American military family. I, we went to church every Sunday I thought those things don't happen to us, you know, why? And once I realized that it was paranormal, um, I would pray hard every day. I I was still going to church every Sunday. And when it just seemed like the more I prayed and the more I got the priest to come bless our house, it just got worse. I mean, things, if I were to have the priest come to our house the next day, we would pay for it. I mean, things would just get worse. And then I just got to a point where I was angry. I was angry um, with my faith with God because I kept thinking, why aren't you helping me? Like, we go to church every Sunday. We pray every day, like day. We're begging you to help us. Why don't you help us? And it took me a long time to snap out of that anger and start realizing. Now I realize that through it all, um, God was with us because the thing never harmed us physically. Um, my, my son had an incident where he was pinned down, but it lasted just a few seconds and that's about physically all it ever did to us. But I strongly believe it took our Coco away. It it had already harmed her twice before. And then it finally just, it took her from us. It killed her. And, um, I didn't think that those things could happen. I mean, I was, we were devastated when, um, she died the way that she, she did. And, um, Even my mom would tell me, you know, I was already kind of thinking it in my head. But when my mom finally told me she had cried herself to sleep, she's like, I really don't care for dogs or anything like that. She's like, but I cried myself to sleep because I just know in my heart, whatever you have in your house harmed Coco and took her from you. And and, and I've always believed that just because of the way things transpired with her. and, And I discuss that more in detail, you know, in my book. But um, this thing wasn't just in our house. I mean, it followed us. Um, It followed us wherever we went. And um, I also remember, I mean, the closest thing that happened to me that I could think maybe tried harming me is when I was at work and I left um, for lunch. And we used to have a little sports car, and I I hated that little sports car. My husband loved it. Um, It was a little convertible. But I would always drive it with the top up because I, I didn't like the wind in my face and things like that, like my husband. But anyways, I had gone to um put gas and I was at the gas station and I was trying to get I was about to get off to pump gas and the door wouldn't open. And uh I kept trying to I mean it was unlocked, but it wouldn't open. So then I tried rolling the windows down, the windows wouldn't roll down. And I tried opening the the Top wouldn't open went to the other door tried to open it and basically I was locked inside the car and I started panicking because it started to get hot and I remember thinking to myself I don't know how these kids you know the parents forget the kids or they get locked in cars because I could quickly feel the heat it was almost 100 degrees outside so I was already like sweating and the more I started getting hot the more panicky I got and I was like Trying to push the door open as hard as I can, doing to the other door, the windows. And I'm like, I called my husband and I'm like, I can't get out of the car. And he's like, What do you mean you can't get out of the car? And I'm like, I cannot get out of this car. And it's hot in here. He said, I I'll be right there. And so then I still kept trying. Nothing like nothing would open up for me. So then I saw a police officer pull up next to me and I started banging on the on the window and He turns around and comes over to me, and the minute he got to my window, like, the windows just rolled down. Everything was, like, working, and he's like, can I help you, and I just looked at him like, "Uh, no, like, never mind, and so I was kind of embarrassed by it, and I just sat there thinking to myself, what just happened, like, now... I, I also talk about that in my book because now it's kind of sort of funny. Like, I I think of it like, man, whatever it was, put a Christine on me. <laughs> the movie Christine with the car and stuff. Yeah. And um, so we got rid of the car because I told my husband, something's wrong with the car. Get rid of it. Like, you know, so we ended up getting rid of the car because I, I thought it was the car, you know. But yeah, I mean, that's about, I think, the closest that it came to physically, like, harming us. You know, I could have maybe suffocated in there. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, it, when we would travel to Corpus, it would, it would come with us. And it was, it lasted with us, um, from 2012 to about 2018. Oh, and it's just off and on, off and on, off and on. It wasn't, sometimes months would go by, um, with no, nothing, no incident. But I came to realize that Every time that I would think to myself, like, nothing's happened in a while, it's like it would hear me, and the next day, it would start up all over again. But, um, and, and I had people, um, I had a co-worker of mine whose husband was from Mexico, and he was kind of like a, he called himself like a hudandero. Uh He would help families that struggled with that. He also came to our house, and um so many things happened to him the day that he was supposed to be coming to our house on our way to the house. Several things happened to him that he can't explain, but he thought whatever you have in your house, it was trying to prevent me from coming to your house because all these things happened to me on the way to your house. And um, the only thing that he told me is that it was evil. Whatever was in our house was evil and it had a voice and um, which Blame a lot to me because we started getting to the point where um, my sister-in-law would call me and say, "Oh, you called. What did you need?" And I'm be like, "I didn't call you." And she's like, "Yeah, you did. You even left a voice message, voicemail." And I'm like, "I didn't call you." And she's like, "Yeah, you did." And I'd be like, "No, I didn't. I didn't call her." So it, it would call people on our behalf and pretend that it was us and stuff. And it did that with me. It did that with my husband. And um, yeah, so it was kind of a little frustrating because we 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 tried to tell our family members no, we didn't call you, and they'd be like, yeah, there's a voice message. And at that point, I mean, it took us a long time to tell anybody. Really, the only ones that knew that we were having going through this were my mom and my husband's mom and um, his dad and my uh, stepmother. And then my brother, because my brother and one of my sister-in-laws, because when they actually came to visit us, they experienced, they both experienced something, too, the night that they stayed with us. But we were embarrassed to tell people. We were thinking that people were going to think we were crazy or that we were making it up. And so we kept it quiet for a long time. And it wasn't until I came close to publishing my book that I finally came out and told people our our story, what we had been going through all, all these years, because... Um, for one, I didn't want to tell people because then I thought if we tell people, they won't want to come visit us. And uh, that was the first thing. I mean, we lived four hours away from family. We had no family. Just uh, it was just me and my husband and my immediate family. It, it just took me a while to tell people because I was I was so ashamed and embarrassed of what was going on with us because I didn't know how to explain it. And I knew that we had a pretty um, wild story because a lot of times I would tell you know, when I would finally tell people, I'd be like, it's okay, you know, because they would look at me funny, like, what, you know, I'd be like, I know, I said, I would probably have a hard time believing my own story if I hadn't gone through it.
3: Earlier, you mentioned kind of like feeling that you were going crazy. When did that feeling kind of start to to go away, and you started realizing that it was paranormal?
2: Um, The shower incident, because I knew that I couldn't I knew that I didn't imagine the feet that I saw and the way that I was feeling um that same feeling when kind of like when you know something's there but you can't see it you just feel it you know I um I used to always watch um those episodes of a haunting I was uh, kind of like addicted to it my husband and I were always addicted to it and I never knew like I would my husband and I would sometimes kind of make fun of the the characters because they'd be like oh talking about how they walked into a room and you know it just felt dark or they could feel the negative energy and I never knew like what that meant like what, what do you mean you can come into a room and feel negative energy like I didn't I never understood that until I lived it once I started living it because when we walked into our house it was like you could just feel the eyes on you. Like I always just felt like I was just being watched. And, you know, we even went out and bought all new furniture for our living room because I kept telling my husband, I feel like this house is just so dark. You know, we just need to brighten it up. And I wanted to have the whole walls painted white and took off our curtains so all the light could come in and kept our blinds open. I just wanted as much light to come into our house as possible. I didn't want... I would get so angry at my husband if I would come home from work and all the lights were turned off and, you know, it would be like, I'd be turning on lights because I'd be like, no, like, you know, it feels dark in here. Like, I don't want the house to be dark. I want it bright. I want sunlight to come in and the lights on. And I mean, because it, just the feeling that you got when you would come in and I would stop and think to myself, man, remember when you used to make fun of these people and now I thought to myself, you know, because that's another thing, too. My husband and I would be like, oh, if that happened to us? Heck no. Like, we would be out of there so fast. But no, you can't. We didn't have anywhere to go. We didn't have family to say, hey, can we crash the night here? Because of this, you know, we had... And we were too embarrassed to tell our friends. That, you know, the friends that we did have, it's like, we can't tell them, hey, can we crash at your house because this is going on. We were stuck, you know, and I would... Cry and argue with my husband. It's please move, you know, let's just go away. And he's like, Go. I can, we just can't make up and move. We just, you know, actually, I mean, we bought the house back in 2009. It was three years later when we started having issues. So, and he was like, Where are we going to go? It follows us anyways. Where does not matter where we go? It's going to come with us. And I was just so angry because I'm like, Oh, like, why is this happening to us? Like, how can we get rid of it? And um, really, truly, I mean, as mysteriously as it came, that's how it left. I don't really like to say it out loud like it's not with us anymore because I always feel like it's going to hear me say that. It's going to come back. And um, I'm so paranoid now. It's like I can't watch a scary story. I always tell my husband, let's watch a scary movie. And then if we start watching it and it's like, no, I just turn it off. <laughs> but, yeah, it's. Um, I feel like I'm always going to be looking over my shoulder. Um, I'm afraid to say things out loud sometimes because it's like, what if it hears me? What if it comes back? You know, what if it's just dormant right now? Whatever it was is is in the past and over and done with. But yeah, we experienced just so many things over these last years that it was with us and it was just um, horrifying, horrifying.
3: How did you feel really like when you realized it was gone? You say that you know you're still scared to say things out loud. Is there any kind of relief at all?
2: The relief that I have now is is knowing that it's been it's been gone for a while. That's that's a big relief because every day you would just brace yourself like what's going to happen today? You know, what's it going to be today? You know. And so when we finally were able to just live our life not thinking about it, not worrying about it, not feeling it. Um, that was a big relief. And we just took it one day at a time. And um, it just kept going. And so now I'm just I'm, uh, hopeful that this was just something that we can just look back on now and think, yeah, you know, that, that happened to us. And uh, hopefully, like I said, as mysteriously as it came, you know mysteriously just left and hopefully that hopefully it was just an experience that we've had that we can talk about and share with others now and not you know worry about it coming back because um i don't know what i would do <laughs> um because like i said it no matter what we did um it, it it just wouldn't go away and i don't know what we did or if it's something that we ended up doing or maybe just uh got tired of us or maybe moved on. I don't know. Um, all I know is that when we finally sold our house, um three months later, it was on the market. Uh, the people that bought the house from us um didn't last but three months. They're at the house. And and when even when we left the house, um our Realtor would would call me um for the past three days right after we sold the house when the people uh, then the owners moved in. She would call me and say, hey, you know, can you give me the code to the alarm? Because the alarm keeps going off and, you know, the people don't know how to shut it off. And I would tell them, what alarm? Like, there's no alarm in the house. And she's like, yeah, the alarm goes off every night and uh, they need the code. And I told her, I said, well, I can tell you what our code was, but the equipment is not there. I said, the equipment has been gone since the summer. I had to turn everything in when I canceled my subscription to our alarm system. And uh she would, you know, the next day, she would call me with the same thing. And I'd be like, I don't know what to tell you. Because I never told our realtor. We never told our realtor what had happened to us because I wanted to tell her so badly. Because I did not want someone else to experience what we were experiencing. But my husband's like, if we tell her, she's going to have to tell the people that Buy the house tonight. Nobody's gonna want to buy the house, and maybe it's just it, it's with us. Remember, it follows such It has nothing to do with anybody else. It's it's uh we're the ones that are haunted, not the house. And that's funny you know it kind of made me feel good knowing that. But when she started calling me telling me that the alarm system was going off in the middle of the night, I felt horrible. I mean, just sick to my stomach and and I even started pleading with it. Like leave them alone. Like come back and bother me. Like I don't care. Like just leave them alone. They have nothing to do with this. You know, this is between us. You know, I would talk to it and crazy. But um yeah, I would I would just um but yeah they they sold the house after or they left the house after three months and it took a few months to to sell it again and I haven't kept up with it to see um if They had any issues or whatever. Just try to not think about it because, like I said, I'm, I never told our Realtor what was going on, and I would hate to think that somebody's still having issues or maybe it just stayed there and to bother whoever you know else is there. But yeah, the relief is just knowing that you know now we can just comfortably live our life and not be thinking about it.
1: I'm interested in really on the timeline uh, and when did you decide that, hey, I need, to, I need to write these things out. Like, were you still experiencing things when you decided to start writing the book or was yes. it after
2: everything? No, it was things... Actually, I... Shortly once I realized that this was paranormal and this was happening to us, I would keep a journal. I started keeping a journal of everything that would happen. And... Um, and then from there, just um, you know, I just every day just would jot down things. And once I got halfway through, I mean, several years, couple of years that had passed. I started thinking about publishing what I was taking notes on because I thought to myself, "How many me's are there in this world? How many?" You know, I never believed that that stuff could come true. Or that stuff was true. That it, that we would ever experience it, and. It took us a while to realize that it was paranormal and not just coincidences. And so I started wanting to share this, my story with other people so that they too can see that this is real. I mean, this isn't just something that's made up or something that people talk about or something that you go see at the movies or on television. You know, um, the paranormal is real. I mean, evil is real. And um, you just never know when it's going to affect you. And I just want people to know that they're not alone because we felt so alone. We felt alone because we were too ashamed and embarrassed to tell anybody about what we were experiencing. And once people read our book, they would come back and say, man, we would have never known. Like, You never know what someone is going through until, you know, they tell you. But people would be like, y'all were able to hide it very well. Like when we would go to parties or whatever, they're like, man, y'all acted normal like nothing. And I would just tell them that's because once we left the house and we knew that it wasn't with us, that was the only normal that we had. Like being at parties around family, around friends and listening to music or whatever, I mean, that was the only normal that we had. And just thinking at the end of the day, like, thinking, oh, my God, we have to go back home. Like, back to reality, you know. Um, So, yeah, but I just want people to know that it's okay to tell your story. It's okay to tell people because you you need that support. You need the support from your family. You need the support from your friends. You need the support from your religion because at the end of the day, I know in my heart that it was my faith and my religion that got us through this because like I said, I, I did get angry, you know, just thinking like, oh, why is this happening to us? Like, why can't it happen to people that don't go to church? You know, we go to church. Like, this shouldn't be happening to us you know but
3: how long did it take for that anger to subside um i would say maybe
2: a couple of months and um i think that i kind of like had to snap out of my anger because i didn't know what else to do like when things started really getting worse i knew that i just had to go back to praying or it gave me a little bit of relief if I had my crucifix with me or uh, my rosary with me that, that would make me feel at peace. And then um, my mom would call us every single day and every week she would go talk to her priest and tell her, um, tell the priest everything that we were experiencing. And she told me one day, she told me, she said, I spoke to the priest at my church and he said not to worry about anything. That it's not going to harm you. As long as you have been baptized and you've been baptized, all of y'all have been baptized, it cannot touch you. It cannot harm you. And I lived the rest of those days thinking to myself, nope, it can't harm me. Like no matter what was going on, whatever it was doing, I just felt that relief. Every day I would tell I would remind myself of what my mom told me. And I think that's what helped me to get through the experience the rest of the time um because i would just think can't harm me can't harm me can't harm it can't harm us we've been baptized you know i lived believing that i had some, i actually have something to hold on to and that's what i held on to for the rest of the time that we um experienced everything that we did um it gave me comfort knowing that okay you're going to do whatever you're going to do but you can't harm us i mean it harmed my dog, but, you know, my family's still together. I still have, I still have my family, my boys, because um, like I said, it, it could have been worse. When I hear other people's stories of how possession has affected them or evil that has come into their house and maybe taken a family member or hurt,
3: you know, I, I feel grateful and blessed that that wasn't the case with us. I might be making an assumption here, but I'm wondering when did you stop feeling that embarrassment in letting people know what was happening?
2: Um, Shortly before I published my book, when I decided that I wanted to um, turn my notes, my journaling into a book to share my story with others. That's when, you know, we started telling family members because I thought to myself, no, you know what? Um, they need to know what we went through. And um, a lot of our family members tell us, like, oh, man, like, I wish you had said something. Like, we didn't know. Like, we, we could have done something. And, like, you could have prayed for us. Yes, you could have been there to give us support. But really and truly, I said, nobody, nothing could stop what was going on. Um, but, yeah, I think that I would have felt a lot better knowing that we had, all of our family, you know, by us and supporting us and, and stuff. Because like I said, um, we felt, we felt so alone, you know, for a long time. We were, it was just us knowing what what we were going through and it's, you need your family. You need the support and love and prayers of your family. You really do. And I, I don't want anybody to, um, go and experience what I went through, what we went through and, you know, feeling embarrassed or ashamed because um, there's nothing really to be embarrassed about or ashamed. It's it's uh, It happens, you know, it, and it, it happened to us and um, all you can do is um, keep to your faith and, you know, hold on to it and hopefully it'll get, get you through it. But I just wanted to let others know that it's okay to share your story with
3: others. There are other people just like us out there. So I don't want people to feel like they're alone. It makes sense uh, to feel embarrassed because, you know, a, a lot of our guests have mentioned, and even me myself have mentioned that feeling of is it just me? Is it in my mind? Am I crazy? It's a very vulnerable place to be, you know, especially if someone, you know, you confide in is like, nah, man, you're crazy or they don't believe, you know? So you're mm-hmm. right. It is important to put these things down out, especially for people that were like you, like skeptical, you know, who just thought mm-hmm. it was like this fun little thing. Um, and that brings me to my next question. Um, which is have anybody, has anyone reached out to you and like talked to you about the impact your book has made on them or like, you know, in any kind of way?
2: Um, I've had a couple of people tell me that, um, that they had
3: experienced,
2: um, you know, similar instances or, um, that they said, oh, wow. Like, I thought, I thought it was only happening to me. You know, I didn't know that, you know, other people, normal people that go to church, you know, experience this too. So, yeah, I've had a couple of people say, um, tell me, like, wow, well, that happened to us when we were little or I experienced this when I was little and nobody would believe me and my family wouldn't believe me or they would laugh at me. And so it made them feel good knowing that this does happen, that it's, it, it is real, you know. So yeah, I, I feel good that people have reached out to me to tell me, wow, I'm I'm not the only one that this happened to. Like it happened to other people or other people that I know. They would I would have never thought that you experienced this too, you know. So yeah, it is kind of a, a relief knowing that others have felt like, wow, it, it, it wasn't just me. Like it happened to her too.
1: I'm curious to know a little bit on what you think or what you believe this was or how you would define it because you said how it kind of came is how it went right um what exactly do you believe this was was it just a spirit do you think it was something more demonic right or and then how would you define that in the paranormal sense
2: um at the very beginning i thought that it was once we started realizing that yeah it's paranormal i thought it was maybe something not so much innocent, but mischievous, because the little things that it, it started off with little things like hiding our keys or like my son experienced, you know, with the paint, and he actually had two experiences: one at home and what, one at school with with paint. And so, um, as things escalated, and my husband, my co-worker's um, husband, came to um, try to bless the house and. And you know, once he told us it's evil and it has a voice, then that's when we realized that no, this isn't nothing innocent or something just being mischievous. This is a lot more sinister. And um I I believe that it was it was demonic, whatever it was that was, you know, terrifying us was demonic. Um You know, if it it could take a dog, you know, the innocent life of a dog, you know, it has to have, it had had some kind of power. But yeah, um, I don't know exactly what made it come to our house. I mean, I stick with the jury box theory because that was the only thing that my sister and I had talked to me about, like, did you bring anything into the house? That was the only thing that I had brought into our house. But sometimes I think that it's possible that um, my dad's family sent something to me because I don't know my dad's family. Um, I knew them. They're from Wisconsin and I knew them when I was little, when we lived over there. But once we moved to Texas, we had absolutely no contact with them. So when my dad passed away, I didn't have a clue how to contact his family in Wisconsin but somehow they got um word of it and they would call me and tell me they were wanting to come to the funeral which i didn't have a problem with but every day they would tell me we're coming we're coming and i mean a week had gone by we still hadn't buried my dad because i was waiting on them other family members were upset that i was ex- kept extending the funeral waiting on them. And finally, my husband just talked to them one day and said, you know what, if you're not here by tomorrow, funeral's happening tomorrow. And so one of my husband's cousins at the funeral told me that, uh, they were very, very upset with me for not allowing them to come to the funeral. And then he just told me, um, if I were you, I would watch my back. <clears throat> and I said, what do you mean? What are you talking about? He said, well, you know, um, I said, you know, is that a threat? You know, I'm like, um, I'm they don't even know me. And he, I remember the last thing he said to me was, they don't have to know you. And so sometimes I think, did they send something? Because I remember from when I was little that I used to go to my step-grandmother's house. I mean, she would have her whole living room full of candles and little like skeleton heads and things like that. Um, that I remember. So I started to think, um, uh, Maybe maybe they said something to me, you know. Maybe they did get angry with me and, and sent something evil to me. I don't know. And then sometimes I think our neighborhood, you know, um, it was still in the process of, you know, new houses being built, and it just seemed like all of a sudden everybody was moving out. Uh, all these houses were going up, being built, and then people wouldn't even last a year in their houses, and they would sell their houses and move. So all of that sometimes makes me wonder, like, what was it that came? I mean, we lived in the house for three years with no problems, uh, no incidents. And then all of a sudden, but yeah, I mean, to me, I think that's going to be a mystery for me for the rest of my life, um, not knowing how it came, how this intrusion came into our life. I just go with the jewelry box because... um, and what my sister told me, my sister not told
1: me. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. And even if it did come with the jewelry box and it stayed, because even after you got rid of it, right, you still have those instances that it then just latched on to you, right? Like you said, and eventually latched on to yeah. something else. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't think that they really go away. They just find somewhere else to kind of... <laughs> yeah, and, and,
2: and it's crazy, it's crazy because... The throughout this whole ordeal, the, we never saw anything. My kids never saw anything, but we knew it was there. Um, it it let its presence be known, but we never saw anything. I believe my dog did. My dog would always just be barking and barking like crazy out of the blue. And I didn't notice that she would stay up all night, just walking to everybody's room, walking to everybody's room, and then she would sleep all day. Um but um, as I was saying, how you know the whole time we felt it, but we never saw it. One of my friend's um, daughters, we right before we moved out of our house, we had a little get together, like going away get together. And um, my friend and my husband and the daughter, her daughter were standing right by the kitchen door, just talking. And uh, all of a sudden, the daughter was like, and my husband's like, what? I mean, because my husband's already like. Thinking, and she said, ah, uh, I just saw something run across the living room. And and my husband's like, what? You saw? You saw something? And so he's like, what did you see? And she's like, oh, it's kind of weird. She's like, it was just like a really tall, dark shadow, like just like just quickly whiffed across the, the living room. So she didn't know anything about what was going on in the house. You know, my friend knew just a little bit here and there. But she has been the only one who actually saw something. <laughs> you know, I'm like, we, we experienced it this whole time, never saw anything. And she was just there for a few minutes and, and, and saw it. But yeah, the only thing that she described seeing is just a tall, Dark, um black, shadowy figure. That's how she described what she saw.
1: Oh my goodness! Yeah. Well, maybe it's a, a good thing you didn't see anything. I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know you know what, what? I yeah, yeah like <laughs> yeah. I, sometimes I'm, I'm grateful to that that we didn't see anything, but then at other times, it's I think to myself, what well, was frustrating because mm-hmm. you knew that it was there, but you just you couldn't see it. I don't
1: know. Oh my goodness! No, that's so wild. And again, so so thankful for you to share those experiences with us. Um, what we'd like to do is is really give it back to you. If you can let our listeners know where they can find your book or any other information about you, or if you have anything upcoming, uh, go ahead and let everybody know. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, yes. Um, my name is Isabel Perez, and uh, my book is titled "An Evil Among Us." It is available on Amazon. And um, I do have a Facebook page called Author Isabel Perez. That's where I um, give out information about where the link to um, the Amazon link to order my book. Uh, my publisher has a bookstore, a traveling bookstore. And uh, that's another place, uh, Words Unite Bookstore, that's where it's called. Words Unite Bookstore in Colleen on Base, um, Fort Hood Base, uh, where you
3: can um, find her and purchase the book there awesome well you know congratulations on getting this story out there and for finding you know a purpose and telling this story and for helping so many other people who are going through you know what you went through so thank you you. for your time well like
2: i said thank you for giving me this opportunity to uh come on your show and um share my story with me with, with you guys (laughs)
3: <laughs> Thanks for wanting to be here.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, no. The and pleasure is ours.
3: <laughs> well, Isabel, thank you again so so much.
1: Uh, it's been great, and, uh, and and really, we we can't wait to to share this with everybody.
2: Okay, well, thank you.
0: Woo! That was a wild ember. That was really wild. Like and you could still like hear it in her voice at times. Like she it still very much affects her. And uh and I think it was one really awesome that she took the time to share that with everybody um, and share her story with us. And again, we encourage y'all if y'all want to hear more in detail, go check out her book. Um, but um again, it was just wild and those stories freaked me out, man.
3: Yeah, man, that was an intense interview, and I think it's time to cleanse this baby.
0: Power I beg of you. Are you do a tumble Give me the power I beg of you. L'amour me saute à placheront. Ce soir etien non pas mort. Are you do a tumble
3: lock? Wake. Take a big deep breath in. Release them demons out and you cleansed
0: Man, thank you I needed it you always need it cause you're <laughs> full of demons <laughs> <laughs> you riddled
3: with them <laughs> <laughs> anyways thanks everybody for hanging out with us we hope to see you next time as per usual I'm Bethany and I'm Leah and we're signing off with two besitos from these putitos.